This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, where we will help you learn to invest in about 20 minutes or less. <laughs> we break down the world of investing from beginning to dividend so that you can hopefully make some returns. My name's Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. How are you? Good. We've made it through the grand final, so I guess sad because it's the end of the footy season. Yeah, I know. It's always half time of the year. The longest point before we get more footy. Yeah, very true. But we're going into trade period soon, so that's another thing to look forward to. But Eagles, they won. And uh, NFL Week 4 has just wrapped up, so it just kept going for me. You. <laughs> How's your team going? Yeah, not bad. We beat the Patriots last week, but uh, we're one and three. So aside from beating the Patriots, we haven't done that well. Uh, not a good start. Long season though, isn't it? Not really. We're a quarter. We're a third of the way through. No, a quarter of the way through. Quarter of the way through. Okay. Yeah. So room for improvement. Definite room for improvement. But <laughs> since I've been supporting them, though, there's been plenty of room for improvement. Yeah. Nice. Well. I guess we should crack on with our app. Yeah. <laughs> good, win by the, good win by the Eagles. Everyone should know that we don't support them, but um, yeah, it was a good game. I think that's what was more, most important. Yeah, and it was a cracking way for them to win. That From the specky, uh, from McGovern down the line to that goal, yeah, mm. it, was a, it was a good grand final. It was great. So, end of the football season, end of September, start of October, new episode, New segment to discuss and talk about, Ren. We, we've, uh, yeah. we, we've brought in Ask Us Anything, which if you've just joined the show on the last episode of every month, we now dedicate uh, that period of time to answering all questions that have come in from our listeners, from all our equity mates out there via social media or through our forum online, Ask Us Anything. Uh, we'll answer as many as we can. And if we can't do it, then we're going to uh, get our network of professionals who we've met over the last sort of 18 months or so to answer um, on our behalf. And uh, that way we can make sure we get the best answers out to you guys. So Ask Us Anything uh, is on our website. If you need any questions, hit us up there. But Ren, now we're going to also be dedicating the first episode of each month to the Equity Mates Book Club. 
Yeah, that's it. Talk us through it. We figured now that the footy was done, we had some time to dedicate to reading. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! <laughs> so, you know, we, we always ask in our interviews, what are three books that you'd recommend? I, I don't know about you, Bryce, but for me, the just reading, investing books, reading business books has been the number one value add, I guess, in terms of building my investing knowledge, building uh, a perspective and just learning about the industry, learning about how to invest, what to invest in. You know, reading articles is great. Reading thought starters is really great, but <laughs> no, nothing compares to reading books. I think there's just something about uh, long-form writing where people can uh, develop an argument, you know, build a case for whatever they're doing, rather than trying to fit it all in, you know, a newspaper headline, a newspaper article, mm-hmm. or some clickbaity article, or whatever it is. I think there's just something about books that are really valuable, and we both have pretty long lists of books we want to read. So we figured, why not do it together and do something that we can sort of share it with the listeners, and hopefully uh, encourage some of our listeners to join our book club to read along with us. We'll have one book a month. As you said, we'll announce it. Uh, on, we'll announce it in this episode, uh, and then on the first episode of every month, we'll debrief. We'll talk about our thoughts of the book, uh, and then we'll announce the book for the next month. Yeah. So, as you said, a lot of the uh, expert investors that we've interviewed have uh, have all said, "Read, read, 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 read." So, this is hopefully a way that we'll uh, encourage all of our equity mates out there to uh, to read as well. And sometimes, you know, wading through huge lists of top 10 business books or investing books and, and whatnot uh, can get quite overwhelming and it's sometimes difficult to know where to start. So if you are having trouble or you'd like to get some inspiration, this is probably one of the best ways that you'll be able to do that. So yeah, as, as you said, Ren, we'll announce it at the start of each month. We'll put it up on our website and then equity mates can read along with us. So very briefly, this month, Ren, we're going to be reading... Uh, Liar's Poker by Michael Lewis. Okay. For those of you who aren't familiar with the name, Michael Lewis wrote The Big Short and he also wrote Moneyball. He's he's written a bunch of really uh, really well well-renowned books but also just really easy to read books. This one, Liar's Poker, was his first book, uh, and it's about Wall Street and, in particular, uh, Salomon Brothers, where he worked in the 1980s. Saucy. Yeah. Should, it's, should be good. It's got, it's got really good reviews. It's, uh, it's apparently a pretty easy read. and That's what I like. Pretty entertaining. So, Is there any pictures? Uh, no, but I can draw you some <laughs> if you want. Uh, <laughs> Now, look, I think I think the important thing with this book club is we're not going to be, you know, pulling out security analysis or like no, no, no. introduction to quantitative valuation volume three. You know, we're not <laughs> no. we're, volume two, though. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, we're not we're not picking books that, you know, we're not picking textbooks We're no. picking things. You know, it's a book club, you know, your, your standard book club is just an excuse to. Uh, have people have around, a have a couple of drinks and catch up have with a your gossip. mates. And this is going to be no different. Yeah. So, yeah, look, it's just a good way to get reading. So, join our book club. Yeah, absolutely. So, we've kicked off now and uh, we'll be discussing this in a month's time. Yeah. 
All right, Ren. So this episode is uh, all about some things that are close to the hearts of millennials. Uh, we thought we would revisit uh, what's going on with Tesla at the moment. Uh, there's a lot been going on since we last spoke on air about it in particular. Uh, and we're also going to talk all things pot, pot yes. stock. Yes, millennial investing. This is the episode. <laughs> millennial investing. Yeah. Every good millennial's portfolio is 25% Tesla, 50% pot stocks and then 25% crypto, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> so, let's start with 25% Tesla. <laughs> yeah. A lot's been going on. He He's had a $27.5 million tweet or $55 million if you want to include what Tesla has to pay. Yeah. So, um, we last did a Tesla ep- uh, well, maybe four months ago. ago. Yeah. Uh, and we were then talking about Tesla having some trouble meeting their production targets. Uh, they yeah. were trying to produce 5,000 Model 3s a quarter, and they were struggling to do that. In the intervening time, they still haven't hit their production target. Um, I think their uh, their results, their most recent quarter results come out very soon. Uh, but instead... I don't even know how to describe what we've seen. We've seen maybe a little bit of a meltdown. <laughs> An absolute collapse. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. So Of a CEO and chairman. It all started with a tweet, as all good stories these days do. Um, yes. Elon, Invest in Twitter. Yes. <laughs> that's, another, um, that's another story. <laughs> uh, Elon tweeted that he was going to take Tesla private and he had secured funding. And those two little words, funding secured, uh, has got him in a whole lot of trouble yeah. because he didn't have the funding secured, as it turns out, uh, and it is illegal to lie to the market and try and manipulate the stock price. Well, it was also not just the funding secured part, but the fact that he also put a price on the share that oh, on, on the value of the company that he was going to take it private at, at yeah. $420, yes. which was well above the current trading price at the time. So yeah. that was definitely seen as trying to manipulate the share price just as much as lying about the fact that he'd had some Saudi princes or whatever it was. It's, it's probably worth touching on. Uh, so the four, $420 a share, uh, he then later claimed was a 20% premium on the current share price rounded up a little bit. But it sort of come out afterwards that he actually chose 420 because he thought his girlfriend would appreciate the pot reference. So, well, there was rumors circulating that the, that at the time he did the tweet, he was actually high. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, to that's all just, he, that's all hearsay. But well, it wasn't even a rumor. It was Azalea Banks was at Elon's house looking for Elon's girlfriend Grimes and couldn't find them. So just started posting all this stuff to Instagram, including that Elon was high on acid when he did that tweet. So, take go. that with multiple grains of salt. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, oh. so he tweets. He then uh, scrambles when people start calling him out that he's trying to manipulate the market. Yeah. Um, I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Today's episode is brought to you by Vanguard Super. You all know Vanguard's award-winning ETFs, but did you know Vanguard Super is winning awards too? Vanguard Super is backed by 45 years of global investment expertise. Plus, it's low cost, so you keep more of what's yours. The Vanguard Super Lifecycle product has one of the lowest super fees on the market, now more than 30% lower than industry average. So whether you're just starting your career or planning your retirement, Vanguard has you covered. Head to Vanguard.com com.au slash super to explore Vanguard Super. Fee comparison based on super ratings, smart data as at 31 March 2024. Other fees and costs may apply. Vanguard Super Proprietary Limited is the trustee of Vanguard Super. Read the relevant PDFs and TMD available at vanguard.com.au slash super and consider if a product is right for you before making any financial decisions. In the last, we won't get into it this time, but in the last episode we talked about uh, the convertible debt that Tesla carries, and the reason why uh, Elon needs the stock the stock price to keep ticking up, mm. um, because otherwise the debt burden yes. becomes insurmountable. Too much. So yeah. listen to the old episode if you want that breakdown. Uh, but yeah, so he tweets to try and keep the share price ticking up. Uh, people call him out, and then the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, start investigating and. Last week, they came back and they... They sued, sued. him, essentially. Yeah, sued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. sued him. For 55 million, I think 55 million Aussie or whatever, or close thereabouts. Well, hold on. No, no, they, they So, they, they sued him to uh, get him to... They wanted to remove him for three years as the head of a public company. Yes, um, which they have done. Well, well, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. So they they wanted to remove him as CEO and chairman and that he couldn't be an executive of a public company for three years. Uh, But then it came out over the weekend that he settled with the SEC. Ah, yeah. And then the settlement is uh, $55 million. So uh, half Tesla has to pay and half Elon personally has to pay. And then he's stepping down as chairman chairman of the Tesla board, but he remains as CEO. Yeah, and then Tesla also have to appoint two independent directors as well to fill out the board because the board's pretty stacked. It's like uh, mm. Elon, and then Elon's brothers on it. All his buddies, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, what do we reckon? I, I guess the, the the good news that might come out of this is one of the someone in the running to become the next chairman is actually an Australian. Uh, she's on the board of. Uh, she's the C. FO of uh, Telstra at the moment and has been on the board of Tesla for quite a period of time now. Forgive me, I can't remember her name, yeah, but she's I. she's in the running for uh, next uh, tilt at, at chairman. So that's that would be kind of cool from an Australian perspective. I think when the news came out that the SEC were after him and that then you know that they were going to sue him and and he was sort of pushed to you know lose his job as chairman and and luckily he did settle because i think from from our point of view ren it would be quite sad and and a bit you know unfortunate to see him lose his company and and uh have to step away from something that he's you know built for so long understand that you know maybe he'd what he did was was wrong and and not in the best interests of investors and that sort of stuff but uh, it would be quite devastating to devastating to see him 
lose Tesla and then potentially, you know, have ramifications on SpaceX and that sort of stuff. So I guess the outcome, you know, he, he's, he's had to pay $55 million or Tesla and him, him have had to pay 55 and, and he's lost his role as chairman, but thankfully he's still CEO. So hopefully he's learned his lesson. Yeah. And he should yeah. stop smoking pot on live podcasts yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> Although, do you, have you listened to that whole... So the the yeah, context pretty, there is uh, pretty much all of it. Joe Joe Rogan has a long form podcast, uh, and Elon was interviewed and smoked pot on it uh, in California, where it is legal recreationally. So technically, he didn't break any laws, um, but obviously, he's the CEO of a public publicly traded company, so probably not the best law. No, but I actually I listened to the whole interview, and I. I'm still bullish on Elon. Like, I don't know if Tesla will survive, but as Elon, as a person in, you know, our generation, well, not our generation, but, you know, this this day and age, I think he's important. I, I agree. Look, I agree, but he needs to he needs to get a new PR agency or someone to really rein him in on in that side of things because, you know, as brilliant as he may be, he needs to be able to articulate himself to a wider group of investors a bit better than he has been doing and, and control himself in the public domain a bit better because look where it's landed him. Yeah, I know. Like, but at the end of the Not to take day, away anything from him, but um, if he's, you know, you would hate to see it all fall apart, whatever it may be. It might not be Tesla. It might be something different, but you'd hate to see it all fall apart just because, you know, he's, he's an incredibly intelligent man and just can't keep his – can't keep it under control at yeah. some periods in, in time. I don't know. Like, obviously, the smoking weed and stuff, you know, we can live without that. But Elon is Elon, and Elon's always been Elon. You know, like, when he started Tesla and when he started SpaceX, everyone thought he was nuts. Everyone thought his predictions were crazy. He constantly missed deadlines. But just from, like, sheer force of will, he built these two companies. You know, Tes- Tesla doesn't have a marketing budget. Like, you don't see ads for tesla like elon is the marketing for tesla that company is just a reflection of him yeah i think i think we're very quick to uh put down you know eccentric people when they fail and we're very quick to celebrate them when they succeed but in some cases you can't have one without the other you know just just because recently he's had a real a really bad run of things uh yeah, I guess it's those things that are preve- in some degree preventable. But anyway. What, what I'd love to see is Elon be the visionary and then someone else be the CEO. But you look at all of his past, you look at his past and there's a reason that he never wants to be give up being the leader. You know, his first two companies he was CEO of and he got booted out by investors, uh, Zip2 and then PayPal, or an early version of PayPal. So you can understand that now... You know, he's on to company three and four, SpaceX and Tesla, and he's worried that history is repeating again. So <laughs> He needs to learn from his... I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason for that. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Anyway, so that's that's the, te- the Tesla update. Yeah, that's update number one. Moving on to the second part of every millennial portfolio. Speaking of pot, we're going to talk <laughs> about pot. <laughs> yes. So, Ren, pot... Has been on uh, has been on an absolute run of late. Yeah, didn't, st- didn't start the year so well. So I guess we just want to run through where pots at at the moment, 
couple of the companies that have been doing very well and a few reasons why we think uh, the pot industry is where it is at the moment and uh, where we think it might be going. So for me, Ren, um, well, I guess it all starts with Canada in, yeah. you know, what is it, 15 days time or something like that. I can't remember the date, maybe 17th of October. Uh, they will be lifting all sort of uh, laws on what on marijuana and it's going to be fully recreationally legal um, and they're going to be the first country or industrialized country in the world to have approved uh, the sale of cannabis for recreational purposes. So yeah. that's exciting uh, for Canada and it also is. for pot growers. And it's probably half the reason. There's a few other reasons that we're now seeing a, a massive uh, jump in in prices of, of cannabis and, uh, well, cannabis companies, I guess. Yeah, so basically what we've seen and the reason we're talking about it now is since the since early August, a lot of the big uh, marijuana companies have basically doubled in price. So, if you were if you were riding the this uh, I don't know green wave or whatever you want to call it for the last couple of months, you would be very happy because you probably have made a hundred percent in your investments. And yeah, you're right. Like a lot of the 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 driver of that growth has been uh, legalization in Canada. Um, because a lot of the big publicly listed companies are in Canada, mm. but it's not the only reason. Um, no. What what we've actually what we've seen is a lot of the uh, tradi- more traditional vice industries, shall we say? Uh, yes. So chief among them, beer companies, yeah. but also companies like Coca Cola yeah. uh, have been investing very heavily into marijuana companies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you've got, I think, uh, Constellation. Yeah, yeah. I, sh- I should have looked at Constellation. Brands, yeah, so they owns- they own Corona. Yeah, yeah. They they did a massive deal with a uh, a multi billion dollar deal with one of one of the biggest. Is it Kronos? No, uh, I'm pretty sure it's Canopy. So Canopy um, Growth. That's it. Yeah, yeah, Canopy Growth. So they invested four four and a bit billion, which this might be wrong, but from memory, it's about ten percent of their market cap. They invested mm. in Canopy. And mm. Canopy is one of the companies that have doubled in price. They went from $33 in early August and they're now trading at $63. Wow. Yeah. So, you'd be pretty stoked Jeez. if you are invested in them. The <laughs> thing is, yeah, absolutely. So, the thing is, you know, you know, we were investing in MMJ, which is an Australian-related pot company a number of years ago and it was at a time where a lot of this talk was starting to surface about the potential legalization of pot in Canada and and there was a huge run on MMJ and another of a few other affiliated companies in Australia um, and, and probably most likely in the US we just didn't really have a view on it and so it kind of you know you see this and is it is this an industry that is incredible incredibly sort of momentum driven is is my first question um and is there actually much substance behind a lot of this or is it just another everyone's getting on so so let's get on board because if you look at the start of january for example 2018 the index for marijuana plunged by about 40 percent between january and july um and it's only since sort of the end of July that we're now seeing this huge run. Now, I don't know when Canada announced that they were going to be going uh, legalized. I don't know if you know, Ren, but you'd think it would have been priced in 
well, 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 you know, a long time ago. So I don't know if you have any comment on that, but I think from my point of view, yes, everything's soaring at the moment, but is it just a, a momentum thing and, and we're going to see a, a bit of a burst or, or what's your view? My, so, so my view is that this wave is this, this, there's enough momentum behind it that this is going to happen, that the war on drugs will lose marijuana as a target. I think what we've seen in America from, there's a lot of uh, sort of converging factors and it's sort of spreading out across the world, but things like, uh, you know, just the recognition that the war on drugs has failed, a lot of like the health and well- wellness movement and isolating the non-hallucinogenic parts of weed and finding all these, you know, health benefits, Alzheimer's benefits, stuff like that. Uh, obviously, the the sort of rejection of this mass incarceration movement um, and the overly punitive pen- penalties for marijuana possession and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of things that are coming together that are driving this movement. And then you see the results in places like Colorado and California, and I'm sure it will be the same in Canada. You know, the amount of tax revenue the government makes from it. Mm. I, I don't think this is going to stop. I think it will keep going. And so... I think the industry as a whole, I'm very bullish on, but I think as with any industry, there will be winners and losers. And p- part of the really interesting thing for me is when when you see a new industry develop, most of the time it's from the ground up. You know, a, a new a new technology comes along or a new industry is created in some way. And well, yeah, weed grows from the ground up. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, yeah, that was that's very really true. bad. That was bad. <laughs> no, it was good. I like it. Um, but you start, you know, with one customer, one user, and then you grow and you grow, and these companies scale up as the users scale up. Mm-hmm. But marijuana is this really interesting industry where there is a massive user base globally, and yeah. there's global supply chains, and there's you know there's every the industry exists but it's now legal and so the the legal industry isn't growing from the ground up and you know one user at a time but it's how does the gray and black markets integrate with these legal structures and legal companies yeah i I just think i think it's a very interesting transition that we're living through at the moment yeah agreed so i need to do some more research into the particulars of these sort of companies. So I'm looking at like the big, the big ones in the States at the moment, Canopy Growth, Aurora Cannabis, one called Afria, Tilray is going nuts at the moment and Kronos Group. Up, all of them up, you know, hundreds of percent um, in the last sort of three to six months. Now, the question is, as you're saying, the user base is already there. We know the product works. We know it exists uh, and, and, is now it is it just a, a matter of now these companies establishing who's the dominant one, who's going to get the market share, or are they all focusing on different things? I don't know if you know much about them, Ren, but and are people investing in them just because it's they want to be on board, they don't want to miss out, or are they are there particulars that you know this is something that I, I need to go away and have a closer look at? Yeah, so so I I've had a a bit of a think about this in preparation for our episode. And for my mind, there's sort of three broad categories, three broad ways that you could play this. So the first one is the the more traditional uh, investments and they will be your growers and your dispensaries. Yeah. 
And I think the really important thing with that is uh, you don't want to invest in a company that isn't, uh, well, ideally isn't vertically integrated, but which is where they, so a company that's vertically integrated would be a grower and own dispensaries as well. But I think the most important thing is that the growers will quickly have their margins squeezed, much like any commodity industry. Uh, There's not going to be a lot of pricing power when marijuana becomes a bigger industry and becomes more of a commodity. So I think if you're investing in a company that has a lot of licenses to grow marijuana at the moment and don't do anything else, I think that's probably a losing long-term bet Mm -hmm. uh, just because... As with anything, you know, think about what's the, you know, milk in Australia at the moment. The produce, primary producers lose all their pricing power um, when it becomes a commodity and when one milk is, one dairy cow is the same as another dairy cow, you know, in the same way that one marijuana plant uh, will yeah. be much the same as the other one, then there's probably a losing bet. So that that's the first category is the traditional, like, the growers and the dispensers. And in that case, look for companies that are vertically integrated that are growing producing and selling their own through their own supply chain because they'll have more pricing power and be able to do more interesting things uh the second way to play it is the the like related services and so you know they're things like uh there's a big industry around providing financing and banking to these companies at the moment because federally they can't use any uh, federal banks in America because it's still illegal federally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And similarly, like compliance and tax um, uh, plays for servicing this particular industry. Uh, there'll be a bunch of testing um, that needs to go on. And I think there's, I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were saying there's three big players in that industry. They're all private at the moment, but, you know, if they grow, they might become public. And then there's a lot of stuff around the health and wellness category and using, uh, you know, cannabis extract and CBD and stuff like that for uh, like health applications and stuff like that. And then another one that is really interesting is a REIT. So uh, a property, uh, what is it? A real estate investment trust. Real estate investment trust, yeah. Uh, it's called Innovative Industrial Properties. And what, what it does, it's bought a whole lot of facilities for marijuana dispensaries, marijuana growers and stuff like that. And then leases leases it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's particularly focused on that industry. So a bunch of different options there. All of the sort of other services that service Mm -hmm. the the more traditional growers and dispensers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the third one, and the one that I probably like the most and I'm probably going to focus on the most, are the acquirers. And so, you know, we touched on some. Constellation Brands made a $4 billion bet on uh, Canopy Growth. Uh, Coca-Cola, I can't remember which one they invested in, but they made a big bet in one of the marijuana companies. It might have been Tilray. Do you do you remember yeah. off the top of your head? No, I can't, to be honest. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, may have been Tilray. Yeah. The one that, I, that hasn't been discussed, well, they haven't made any moves, at least as far as I can tell, but I reckon is one to watch is Philip Morris. Okay. The cigarette company. Cause, Interesting. I mean... What, what you, have they done? Well, I don't think they've done anything yet. But if you were thinking about a company that has heaps of cash, is in a dying industry, and True. has the sort of specialization and supply chain to uh, enter this field, you would probably think that Philip Morris, which you know grows tobacco, 
turns it into cigarettes and then sells it throughout the world is pretty well set up to stop growing tobacco and grow weed instead. Yeah, not bad. So, I mean, I'm not sure that ethically I would want to invest in Philip Morris and I haven't read anything about them getting involved in in the industry, but um, we have a habit of making calls that end up coming true. So We do. Put that one on the record. I reckon we'll hear something in the coming years. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, they make so much cash... And what yeah, are they doing they've with got it? Got to at the do moment? something with it. Yeah. yeah, not a lot. All right. Well, some. Uh, well, we'll mark that in our in our diary. Ren is another moment that we made a big call, and if it comes <laughs> comes true, we'll <laughs> jump up and down. Let's leave it there. That's uh, a good summation of where Tesla and pot stocks are at at the moment. Two very relevant um, talking points at the moment, and as you said, probably. Uh, considerable parts of some millennials out there. I certainly don't own any Tesla or directly any pot other than a bit of MMJ in in Australia. Uh, I'm not sure about you, Ren. Uh, yeah, I still own MMJ from a couple of years ago. To to be honest, I wouldn't be looking at buying any pot stocks anytime soon. I mean, mm. they've, they've already doubled in price in the last month. I'm not sure that... You never know. Oh, you do get, never you know. Get, you never know. But... keep bloody running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so let's leave it there, Ren. Uh, just a, a quick shout out to all of our listeners, all of our equity mates. Um, obviously, thank you all for listening. It's um, We obviously couldn't do it without you and love getting all your feedback and, and questions. If you can just take a, a quick moment to rate us on iTunes or whatever your, your podcast platform is uh, and leave a comment, we would really appreciate that. Uh, it goes a long way to to helping us crack the charts and, and Ren, we've, we've cracked the charts uh in in australia we're in the we're in the top 20 uh we're top 25 in 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 business so we're pretty pumped about that and yeah we would really appreciate if you can just spend a moment or two uh leaving a comment and and rating us uh on itunes so please do that if you don't know how it can be a bit tricky um hit us up and we'll give you some instructions it's it's pretty straightforward so i appreciate you all listening and uh we'll leave it there ren we'll chat next week sounds good Equity mates and the people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. This is general advice only. Please speak to a financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your individual situation. Today's episode is brought to you by Vanguard Super. You all know Vanguard's award-winning ETFs, but did you know Vanguard Super is winning awards too? Vanguard Super is backed by 45 years of global investment expertise. Plus, it's low cost, so you keep more of what's yours. The Vanguard Super Lifecycle product has one of the lowest super fees on the market, now more than 30% lower than industry average. So whether you're just starting your career or planning your retirement, Vanguard has you covered. Head to Vanguard com.au slash super to explore Vanguard Super. Fee comparison based on super rating smart data as at 31 March 2024. Other fees and costs may apply. Vanguard Super Proprietary Limited is the trustee of Vanguard Super. Read the relevant PDS and TMD available at vanguard.com.au slash super and consider if a product is right for you before making any financial decisions. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.